0: I've had a request for all five,
1: but we don't all know them, so the first and the last verses are the red flag. Things are falling apart around us. The centre isn't holding. Welcome to That Option No Longer Exists, the scuffle in the aisle of Labour's broad Church. I'm John Bounds, and with me, as ever, is my
0: old comrade and mucker, Adam Juniper. All right there. Do where incidentally, where is the centre in this sense? Are we talking politically, or are we saying you know somewhere just to the right of Birmingham? Um, who knows where the centre is? It doesn't exist. That's uh, that's
1: what I think we can completely see at the moment. Anyway,
0: and has Ruth Davidson recently moved it, or was that last week? I'm confused these days. Everything's happening so fast. Yes, it is confusing.
1: This episode is being recorded in the brief hiatus of calm between Tuesday's um, order paper taking votes and Wednesday's surrender bill vote um but I figure and um I think you're in accordance with me add that um essentially nothing politically is probably going to change in the next 24 hours
0: um even if no I I think as long as we tell you when we recorded it you can sort of piece it back together yourself so boris johnson's just stepped down from or it's got to the boring point at pmqs where the broadcasters turn away uh, and that's the moment where we hit our record buttons he's just um he's just not up to the job is he johnson it seems i know it's the first time i've watched prime pmqs in three years or so in which i felt jeremy corbyn looked quite good and i don't think that corbyn's got any better I think we're still looking at a man who has two E's at A-level and got through one year of trade union studies before he got kicked off the course. So I I think it might be that Boris Johnson might be better suited to a sort of panel show with pauses and edits, a little bit of time to make him seem cleverer and no more than a few other people in the room. I
1: I mean, I obviously don't agree with you because I think Jeremy has taken Theresa May and was taking David Cameron to the cleaners quite regularly in this sort of rather stilted, stupid format, which does nothing to enhance democracy. But I think what Jeremy and his team have been quite clever in doing is getting their points across and getting their clips up for Twitter and Facebook. And I think that's a little bit what PMQs has turned into. Um, Not because... Not, you know, no-one's going to watch it. They're going to watch the clip on the news, or more likely these days, they're going to see the clips scrolling past them in Facebook. And whether or not they've got sound turned on is whether or not they've got any idea whether it was who was winning or not.
0: No, that's a good point. Um, although today, actually, um, speaking of panel shows, there was a, an excellent round of applause for um, Tan De- Deshi um, from Slough, the Labour MP, who got up and accused Islam of... Sorry, accused... Um, accused uh, boris johnson of something not actually to do with brexit he said why haven't you started that islamophobia thing you promised on tv um and made an absolutely excellent speech he really should be on the front bench
1: well there's there is an there is a you know these days there's a real depth i think um of labor talent um and it's uh there are some people on in the shadow cabinet that you know well may well be watching their backs because if we get a little bit more party unity and we solidify around the forthcoming manifesto for the forthcoming election that's coming um you know we could see people who you know aren't really making a huge splash of their brief um stepping aside for some you know some new fresh talent and some people who can make some forceful points
0: well there's, there's definitely certainly a lot of talent there um whether any of it will be allowed through or whether sort of the, the left who control it will allow it is another matter. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know how the system works, but I do sometimes feel like not everyone gets through. You- uh, Boris, of course, naturally responded to the Islamophobia remark by avoiding the answer, banging on about um, the uh, Jewish problem, if you like. Maybe he didn't phrase it exactly like that, uh, that Labour have, and claiming he has the most diverse cabinet while looking at Sajid and uh, Pretty Patel. There's not a lot of um,
1: fun in providing cover for a racist, is there? But it's... Um, so, avoid, yeah, avoiding the question, avoiding democracy, that seems to be the Tories' only plan at the moment. So I thought, uh, let's talk a little bit about the coup. Um, we touched on it last uh, last week. And in between times, I... Uh, I went to the um, demo in Oxford on Saturday. Did, have you
0: been to a demo, ad? Uh Yeah, I've been down uh, at West, Westminster. So, what's the
1: what? What was the feeling like down there? Was it a joyful or angry demo? Well, it's
0: been running for several months now. Depending on where you stand, you know the uh, the little bit um, up by the media gallery where the the flags are fairly entrenched now looks. I mean, I mean, the whole thing is broadly reminiscent of a gun-free trench war. Um whereas uh, the college green thing comes and goes, you know, that's a, a moody mood related thing. So the, the the um the Stop the Q demo
1: in Oxford was um well attended, um a little bit too F B P E uh, for my liking. Um, you, you...
0: You're gonna to have to explain them for the the audience. The, and so, me, that,
1: oh, um, so that's uh, originally stood for follow back pro EU. And it's ah, a, that it's, a, yes. it's essentially a, a Twitter hashtag that um people who as far as I can see, their only desires are to, A, stop Brexit and,
0: B, blame Jeremy Corbyn for it. Um, I think you're confusing. Like, if there's an A, A before that or one A, or however you do it alphabetically to get in front of you, to acquire more followers. Well, that's the, that's the case. But I, th- I thought the devil was
1: good and I thought it was great and I thought it was cross-political. And um, so I don't leave in Oxford fairly near to it. And I thought, shall we organise? Uh it should be organised a demo around here. So, um I live in a small town called Abingdon, which is makes a claim to be England's oldest continually continuously inhabited town. Um which is Don't uh,
0: other people pop out one day a year.
1: Well I think it's basically um and visit Abingdon. Let's work out. <laughs> the, the the claim is based essentially on the fact that Colchester was burnt down at some stage because it's older, but at some stage it was burnt down. <laughs> but um it's got we've got a little bit of a sort of revolutionary history and stuff we were at the site of a, a few civil war battles and king charles i held a um a war cabinet upstairs in one of the pubs that's still there uh, and I've seen um, the lead singer of the Inspiral Carpets do an acoustic set in the same room as uh, King Charles held his war cabinet. And also, um, William of Orange, William the Third, stayed over here uh, during the Glorious Revolution after landing on the south coast and getting to London. And absolutely, I know the uh, travel system in the UK is fucked up, but that's one hell of a route. Um, <laughs> but it's a, but so I thought we'd, we'd better have one. Um, and it was um so i just said basically i put up a facebook event and uh, saw what it would attract and we we got um apparently according to a reporter that was counting it 137
0: people and five
1: dogs uh, to our well, demo I mean, last evening how,
0: how many uh, lunatics like because there's there's sort of in any of the demos i've been to there's and i think we've talked about this before you always get a few who just want to share their thoughts with an assembly of people
1: Surprisingly, we did get a little bit of barracking um, from uh, a couple of um, hardcore Brexiteers who'd rolled out of the the pub on the market square. But um, I had a lot of fun. Um, We were on um, national TV. We were on the uh, BBC 10 right at the end last night. And had quite a bit on the BBC South on the local news, um, where yeah, I was,
0: yeah, I watched some of that. Where I was um, um, only because you sent the link around.
1: Well, I was I was, I was actually interviewed for a, for a longer piece, and um, which they didn't use or haven't used yet, at least. But that was the bit where I did not manage to hold back and say we've got to sort Brexit out because one hundred and thirty thousand people have died of austerity, and we've got to sort that out. Um, and they didn't seem. I think they maybe thought I was talking at a slightly different. Issue there. Um, the big problem I had that was uh during my little bit of a, a speech, um, well, a few problems. Number one, I self edited because there were a lot of uh Lib Dems there, so I self edited that a little bit of my speech was oh, yeah.
0: Did did Layla Moran show up? She was in parliament, thankfully. Uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah yes, fair point, <laughs> but um, she was uh, so I. So I had to sort of self edit and um I was going to say that uh it was the coalition's fault essentially um but I uh, tempered that and just said it was all the Tories fault and uh, I di- also didn't say my great prepared line is uh, we don't need um more power to the executive and less scrutiny uh we need more democracy and fewer Tories um but uh even though uh, I was trying you know I was trying to be um what's the word non-partisan. And my other problem is that my uh, young son decided that he was absolutely definitely wanted to be carried while I was giving the speech so I had to hold um, my bit of paper with my speech on the megaphone and a fairly heavy two year old boy um,
0: which made it do you know uh, when it, when he gets to three three and a half you can just let him sulk on the floor
1: <laughs> but he, he so that was his second stop the queue protest as well and in a sort of kids say the funniest things moment i was trying to explain to him what people were shouting i was saying um they say they're shouting because for democracy because they want democracy and he turned to me and he said democracy boring democracy
0: rubbish <laughs> Um, Well, you never see any elections taking place in things like uh, Paw Patrol, but they do seem to have very, very incompetent uh, government officials. Paw Patrol is an absolute
1: vision of sort of big society, privatised emergency services. It's it's dreadful. Um, It worries the hell out of me. These aren't even fully trained dogs. They're puppies. What do you think? Because I was I was having a few arguments with people, um, particularly on on Facebook, about whether or not these protests mean anything, whether or not they have any chance of achieving anything. And my point of view is that, particularly where we are, we're in a very tight Lib Dem Tory marginal. um It's got a scare. I suspect you find, it might find it's a little less tight. I think I think Layla can put her feet up. To be honest, I think I. I mean, it, I do, th- I do think that's, tr- I do think that's true. But it's, um, but you know, it's got to. These are seats that the Tories are either going, what they're going to do, going to give up on them, or if they want this election, they're going to have to win them, right?
0: I'm not at all sure where the Tories are expecting to do well, because it must be, it, it's broadly impossible to work out who's going to win where at the moment, based on maths and you know previous things, given that we really have to sort of factor in the Brexit this time. So, I assume that Tories are hoping to take seats from Labour, and you know, in Brexit areas like, well, the left of the West Midlands. Yeah, we'll places um, like that. Yeah, but they've had a bit of time to think, and I'm not sure all of them. You know, let's about two thirds of Brexit enthusiasts are, are perfectly happy with a No Deal, maybe a bit more. But that does leave a, a certain area of uncertainty, and the people on the other side are not going to be looking at this government with a lot of enthusiasm right now. They're, I mean, the government is not looking at itself with a lot of enthusiasm. It's chucked, chucked a considerable number of its own MPs out last night. It's, it's worth mentioning that four of those were apparently not going to vote against the government until Rhys Mogg opened his mouth <laughs> and then had a little and then had a little lie down um which is well worth checking out on Twitter. I enjoyed your cat comparison, but my absolute favorite uh was a picture where the um re smog sprawling across the sofa had become a Simpsons intro couch gag. Uh, the Simpsons looking confused because they can't sit down because there's an annoying posho lying back and checking his monocle.
1: Where's the Yeah, There's a. Uh, we can't sit down there's a slender man there. It's um I, I, that was that was hilarious. And I would the only sort of explanation I could think of for that is that um, a he doesn't really sort of know what he's doing. He's never been elevated to any sort of office before. And number two, it's a sort it's the same sort of eaten uh, debating trick that Rory Stewart was trying to pull in the Tory leadership election stuff, you know, sitting weird, huffing and puffing, taking your tie off,
0: essentially pulling focus. And it just it backfired. I mean, it certainly didn't help. But obviously, the main thing to do in a a vote like that, where everyone pretty much knows where they're going to vote already, is to wait an hour and a half. And if everyone else has wandered off to the lobby to go and talk to a journalist or something like that, I can see the appeal of lying out on those benches when they're only a a quarter occupied. You know, it, it just the optics aren't good. It's, uh, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think the man's calculated.
1: As so, so I just, I, I really don't know. So, but, so the Tories, and we're, we're going to have a general election. We're going to have a general
0: election. Oh, remember, they didn't have TV cameras in Parliament in the 1800s. And I think it's not so much calculating as maybe his brain is still in a different era.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, we're, def- we're definitely going to have a general election. As you say, it's completely unpredictable. I think it's impossible. I don't know
0: because for- a general election is something from democracy right and you can sort of cancel democracy if you're finding it annoying well at the, and he, yeah. in theory he has to have one in the next two years but maybe if it looks like he might lose he won't really want to
1: it's it well he, that is generally genuinely a that little is the bit next worry, step so. after
0: you start closing parliaments isn't it then you start stopping democracy or well you know elections if you close the parliament enough you can't really change prime ministers can you
1: it is difficult isn't it everything's the the idea is um, in the old um uh yes minister gag the um the the, the job of the tory sort of civil service the tory spads is to make sure the chips stay up that the um you know the day of reckoning for their shithousery never really comes um but I, I genuinely think that sooner rather than later, a general election is inevitable and it is impossible for the Tories to get that hardcore Brexit vote. They seem terrified of not getting and retain the sort of soft economic, socially economic Tory socially liberal market, because let's face it,
0: the Lib Dems are a sort of socially liberal economic Tories. And yeah, well, quite. Uh, and the Lib Dems are, are looking quite competent at that at the moment. They're quite appealing. I, I'm feeling... Not to the I mean, uh, LGBT somebody, um, community. No, no, no. It does seem they'll welcome anyone in. Um, or environmentalists. Then, you know, in, broadly. Uh, and, and personally, I find their their new leaders just tone a little off. Um, but I think, obviously, it's a difficult time to become leader and get a bit of practice in. At the same time, though, let's not forget, uh, and this rather surprised me, that the Telegraph is reporting that uh, Citibank and other very rational city organisations are starting to think that uh Jeremy Corbyn, while not necessarily brilliant further forces of capitalism, might still be a better choice than Jeremy, uh, sorry, uh, might still be a better choice than this lot. You probably don't
1: want this, but Labour isn't, Yet, left-wing enough, Labour is still offering a manifesto, a sort of raft of policies that are about attempting to manage capitalism's decline rather than closing it
0: down. Um, A a transition rather than a revolution. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to take the word decline out, but I say that managed capitalism is a good idea. You know, essentially that's... The old third way though isn't it which you don't like well i it's
1: demonstrably be, pro- be proven not to work um, over the last 40 years
0: that we're in an absolute horror show and i think for the well I, I would say that for some of that 40 years not the best people were doing the managing i plus it's always a bit of a guessing game isn't it a, a, you know a national economy especially when that national economy is working within a global economy and it would be it would be fair to say that managed and planned political economies haven't always done that well either in the global sense.
1: But, we, but but there is absolutely, as Paul Mason says, and lots of other people say, there is no way through the climate crisis with capitalism in charge. There are certain bits, energy policy, migration, uh, things like that, that have to be planned. They have to be really planned. They have to be globally planned. Let's face it. And only a form of socialism and a form of global socialism is really going to do that. And it's getting
0: to crunch time. I mean, I can certainly see that. But at the same time, arguably, with a a suitable number of controls on that capitalism, uh, and, you know, capitalists love targets. So make some of those targets law and you'll find that things start to change. Give them the right backing or, you know, the right... um, financial incentives and you'll find that people start to sort things out quite quickly the problem is that we're not seeing brave enough law making and that's where that's where we could end you know we're starting to end up in a situation where some sort of green autocrat needs to come in uh although personally i find that you know electric cars get stuck in the traffic jams just as badly as the other ones when the uh, activists sit on the street. The
1: revolution is not electric cars. The revolution is free, carbon-neutral public transport and cars only for absolute emergencies and people that desperately need them. I th- certainly agree that that um, John McDonnell managing uh, capitalism is a lot more attractive than um, Savid Javid uh,
0: managing capitalism. I think that's very unfair on Sajid. I mean, he's not managing it. He's just sitting there looking a bit sad while Number 10 make announcements that his own team have told him are properly mental, cash-wise. <laughs> oh, There's a great little graphic search. on Sky News this morning showing how much more the, you know Sajid has said that we can end austerity, which he's barely going to get a moment's coverage for, uh, by spending a little bit, you know, showing the, the chart of spending increasing again for the first time, uh, and then showing what Boris has promised since in the last few days is broadly double.
1: <laughs> but I think but the obviously the case is, of course, that things Boris Johnson promised aren't real. I genuinely have no idea what Boris Johnson wants, apart from probably someone to take that dog away because you guarantee it's pissing on all the rugs right now. so you're enjoying this podcast hopefully which means you like podcasts and i want to tell you about another podcast and this is a podcast that recently i've guested on which is how i know about the podcast it's called list envy each week the host mark talks to a new guest and together they build a top five list on a topic of the guests choosing past episodes have included harry potter childhood toys, scientific breakthroughs, and where to find the best Cornish pasty. You can find ListMV on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can catch up on those previous episodes at listmvpod.com. And you absolutely should. I really love that show. This is a podcast. Adam and um, we're going to have a feature now and um, the, obviously this uh, podcast is named after the phrase that option no longer exists when um, we were told that the option of um, propping up an economy and spending your way out of a recession no longer existed someone tell Sajid Javid there but um, we look at what other options may or may not exist and Adam does understanding the fixed term Parliament Act still exist or does The Fixed Term Parliaments
0: Act still exists. Well, I think we all know the Fixed Term Parliament Act is what got us here in the first place. Um, It was uh, an attempt by David Cameron, who was we now realise only the third prime minister (laughs) of
1: two thousand.
0: Well, quite. I was going to say, and also for the Fixed Term Parliament Act to work. it has to rely on a certain amount of honour. So the Liberal Democrats didn't trust David Cameron not to wait until the Tories were doing better in the polls and call an election before the end of their five years of playing at helping in government. So they had to create a fixed-term Parliament Act requiring a 66% or you know, two-thirds majority to have the next ele- uh, election. And it's
1: a two-thirds Which... majority of all MPs, not just ones that vote as well. So um, abstentions
0: are essentially voting against. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, which seems like a sort of a smart move, because it always seemed a bit unfair that the government got to pick when the election was. Uh, You know, Tony Blair would get them out of the way a year early just to make sure that nothing terrible happened just before election time. Uh, Thatcher would try and have a little war just before, you know, that kind of thing. So, it was not an unreasonable idea. And it was, you know, that halfway trust. If they'd trusted Cameron completely when they'd done the, the deal with him, then it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, but it turns out. You can't trust There's the another time. way around it. Well, <laughs> there's another way around it, arguably, which is that the government uh, of the day can go and just make a standard act, either repealing the fixed term parliament act or calling for an election in practice though um, Adam, it's, it's
1: always been that the government could call an election at any point because what opposition is ever going to refuse an election well <laughs> well
0: Jeremy Corbyn it seems
1: well there's a very specific and weird circumstance around this one and he's not refusing an election he's refusing an election until that uh, law um, to stop no deal goes through but the but in, in general you know and, and, and prime minister says we want an election either the opposition the opposition
0: willingly acquiesce to it or they look like stupid they look like they look frightened yeah under normal circumstances you look like a bunch of cowards especially if every every week you went can we have an election now 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 as jeremy corbyn has been doing um so it's it would seem an obvious political tactic to then wave that election around in front of him, and I think it's it's quite impressive that Corbyn's sort of fobbing it off right now. I'm I'm a little bit surprised, um, and certainly it must have been one uh, that the game theory enthusiasts were um, uncertain about. It
1: makes him look well. incredibly statesmanlike. I think this that is a bit
0: of putting um, that's definitely putting country. Before party, the, the son, the son, have obviously already started trying to call him a coward, um, which is the the plan. Well, did Boris but in PMQs is, um, apparently? Um, uh, well, so far, certainly did, but he didn't get a lot of.
1: Traction but he, but with well, it, but he it was such a stupid one because he called him a chlorinated chicken, reminding everybody of the USA food standard shit.
0: Yes, quite. It was very strange. It, I, I, you know, and he didn't really get you know, any sort of support from his own guys who must have been looking at like trying to work out whether it was for or against. It's, <laughs> it's a genuinely interesting one. There is um there is a little aspect to this though, which is um they've obviously hinted that if they can't get something using the Fixed Term Parliaments Act, then they'll just try and push for an election. But of course now the government don't have a majority. And even if they did have a majority, um there is there is the fact that any, any other act can be amended. So somebody could say, stick on a second referendum. That would be quite an interesting circumstance, wouldn't it? It, is, it does seem that, I mean, the,
1: the arcanery of um, Parliament, which I was always a little bit interested in, but the idea that we're essentially using statements about the Northern Ireland Assembly to uh, introduce, you know, bills and seize control of the order paper is quite fascinating to me. The, um, it's, like, it's almost as if the, gov- the, the government not caring enough to sort out the situation in Northern Ireland is coming back to bite them on the ass.
0: Um, it's- but that's, that's very unfair. It's not that they've not cared. It's that they've looked at it, seen that the situation has, you know, over the last 20 years or so, got better, and wanted to change that, wanted to go back to the good old days of the Troubles, which made them feel more like a colonial power. It is um, interesting.
1: I just so uh, we're essentially saying that for all the the we said that the Fixed Term Parliaments Act essentially caused the um, the twenty seventeen election to a certain extent, even though that was you know it was against it. But well, it's um, it's dead in the water, isn't it? It's it's constitutionally <laughs> nonsense.
0: I think that it's it's now apparent that once has... Brexiters- been dealt with one way or another then whoever the next administration Once the civil are, war is finished <laughs> yes yeah assuming we don't actually have a full-scale civil war assuming we just have a a mini blitz and a bit of blitz spirit and you know maybe a lot of those people who voted for brexit had you know aren't able to afford their food they want and so you know a new generation come in and want to make some changes i suspect we're going to see one or two bits of constitutional legislation Uh, I wonder if any of them will be as badly thought through as the Fixed-Term Parliament Act. Because that's the problem with these things, isn't it? People are always trying to fix one problem, they don't think about the next problem. So, like, kicking the constitutional can
1: down the road and forgetting that it was um, torn open and slicing your foot right up. Mm. And this week, let's... There's only one person that can feature in this week's... Clever or stupid slot. And it's the man that was apparently uh, drunkenly rambling through the corridors of power yesterday evening, offering Jeremy Corbyn out for a fight. It's the uh, Prime Minister's special adviser and enforcer, bald, mecon look lookalike Dominic Cummins. Adam, clever or
0: stupid? Dominic Cummings, clever or stupid? I think that he might be too clever for his own good and if you're surrounded with a lot of stupid people the upshot is stupid outcome are you
1: suggesting that uh his strategies might be brilliant but he's simply got a lot of buffoons to carry them out or i don't know what are you what are you, or are you almost suggesting that the people he's battling against uh are so stupid that he doesn't understand what they're
0: doing um well, no, I think the problem with having a clever person who's obviously in charge of everything, or... I mean, let's be fair, right, OK, one thing, he's clever in that he's not a member of the Conservative Party. Um well, he's saving himself but, £16 a year or whatever it is. That's right, and he still gets a better job. If he wants to be a you know, the man in the back providing advice and stuff, he seems to have been a bit in the front. That seems a bit stupid.
1: That was always... Um, that was always Alistair Campbell's uh, thing, wasn't it? When you become the story, you've done something
0: wrong. Yeah, I and mean, that was eventually why he left. Um, Dominic, it, it took Dominic Cummings rather less time than it took Alistair Campbell to become the story, didn't it?
1: It, Yeah, although, I mean, I, not that I have any um, respect, really, for, for Alistair Campbell, but um, there was a, a certain period... Um, T- sort of during the um the, the 2015 election um there was a certain when it, it felt that close that people like Campbell and Mandelson and stuff seemed to be rallying around Ed Miliband and it you almost could feel that you know they kind of knew they were on which side they were on i don't think i don't feel that with them with them anymore but um yeah, I, th- I think Campbell's. No,
0: I think they probably are still on Ed Miliband's side. I expect they just listen to his podcast and think, seems like a nice fella. Well, okay. So, my, I think, I think part of the problem about people that, like, so there's that instant assumption he's clever because he's been portrayed by Benedict Cumberbatch on a Channel 4 show, right? And Benedict Cumberbatch, he seems quite clever, doesn't he? He's Sherlock and, uh, was he Alan Turin or one of the, you know, no, the other guy. Or... or Anyway, he plays clever guys, doesn't he, Benedict Cumberbatch? So logically, Dominic Cummings must be a clever guy as well. But on the other hand, he is a political adviser, and he wanted Brexit. And only two types of people actually benefit from Brexit: right, xenophobes who want to get rid of European people, but not people from elsewhere, uh, and people who trade the, you know, currency in the pound. So was he one of those you I think you can be an
1: ideologue without necessarily caring about either of those things. I also think he's one of those people that gets carried away in the sort of carried away in the game. you know it is a game he's not materially affected either way, possibly, but um it's this this sort of continual that's, that's proving. the thing isn't it
0: i keep you know you keep reading the country's going to be like eight percent worse off after Brexit, assuming you know. Uh, whatever you know, whatever sort of Brexit, but if you've got quite a lot of money, then eight percent less is rather less noticeable, isn't it? But
1: it's not when it, we we might be eight percent worse off I mean, overall. But well, it, it
0: ain't you. going to be eight
1: percent worse off. It's not.
0: No, I mean, I mean, I mean that literally the value of his pounds. You know, he will be in a global sense eight percent less well off. Yes, he might have been well paid for the job and stuff. But he'll represent a slightly less important country and all the rest of it he probably won't be better off is the, the if the rumors and the sort of
1: um, the testimony of uh, Labour's cat Smith are to go on he genuinely was pissed up looked, wandering around parliament last night looking for a fight and um, <laughs> is there is there a possibility that that is a clever Maneuver. Is there a possibility that that's game theory? Is that a thing?
0: Might be. It might be like a, a last stretch in the gap. So if you've been doing some game theory, and if Jeremy Corbyn hasn't gone for the election, and you'd said he would go for the election, maybe the next tactic is to find Annie's bar, get ratted, and then go and challenge him to a fight. I mean, maybe, maybe if he's planned everything out on a little chart, and you know we're now following a line that he hadn't planned, then. It's annoying he 's got to start his work again, and he's going to blame someone, and he's not going to blame himself, is he
1: according to uh, according to Catsmith, they didn't actually realize who it was till afterwards. And they must have just thought they'd been attacked by a pissed light bulb. <laughs> I do not hold with the um the, the cleverness of Dominic Cummings because i i if we are to be believed that his basic cleverness was to not spend um, money on TV advertising and posters and stuff, not they could do TV advertising, actually, but sort of media spend, Uh, but to spend all of their vote leave campaigning money on Facebook ads. If that really was the strategy, if that was the only idea he had, that doesn't make him clever. That just makes him, I don't know, having vaguely hung around in tech circles for a couple of years.
0: I mean, I think it would be fair to say he's less dumb like i think what we're seeing is that he might be a political strategist who is less dumb or you know slightly better informed about the real world than the average uh, you know tory um certainly slightly more in touch with the real world than say Boris Johnson and i think that unlike almost everyone in politics on either side he is very well aware that there's a large number of sort of angry white men losers who will vote for a Brexit because, you know, they see it as the same sort of thing as supporting their football club. Um, so I think he was probably quite smart at identifying the demographics like, you know, their wives and ex-wives uh, to to drag along, you know, the people who were on the fence one way or another. I think that he was clever in comparison to the sort of received wisdom that comes from either the middle-class lefty... Uh, people who think that Jeremy Corbyn is clever... who all don't actually believe that people can be as stupid as people actually can be? I, 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 I mean, I don't.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't agree with you there. You've got to have magnanimity for the the human soul and say that people might be poorly educated or have bad opportunities or make bad choices. But I don't necessarily not, think.
0: I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm saying that when the election comes, that's where you know that's where the the phrase game theory seems quite sensible. Is that ultimately you don't have very long, and you have to accept that you're you're. You know, you can't go up to everyone and give them the education that they would have deserved under a fairer society. You just have to get them to vote the way you want and then create the fairer society. Otherwise, you're going to lose again. He's not going to create a fairer society, is he? I, no, no, I'm not saying Dominic <laughs> Cummings is enthusiastic at creating a fairer society. I would say rather the opposite. He's getting those people who haven't had a great chance in life and tricking them into voting for an even, un- even less fair society. And he did it. I'm Um he did it for the Brexit. Um against the Prime Minister, who made the terrible mistake of assuming that the British would get him out of a problem by being smart.
1: I'm going to say this is my position on Dominic Cummings, that we definitely know he's possibly cleverer than Nick Timothy. But that's a that is an incredible that's an incredibly low bearded bar. Um that is uh nick timothy of course uh, same uh, school as as i he was actually coming into the first year as i was leaving the sixth form not that i remember him oh. of course
0: oh, so that's quite a big gap you didn't have the opportunity to like rough him up
1: he would have been um, in i mean maybe only 20 years earlier before they stopped that whole thing he could have been my fag
0: <laughs> there's, there's nothing to say to that is
1: there? When he's the most famous uh, Person to come out of a inner city Grammar school In um, in Birmingham since the uh, Local radio DJ Les Ross We really are struggling a little bit Aren't we um, But so okay so Cleverer than Nick Timothy For me but that still Makes him stupid
0: Yeah and I think that even if he is Chess clever I think the pieces he is moving are, you know, tricky. And I don't, you know, nobody likes the boss who read Sun Tzu's War Academy uh, or, you know, converted into modern times. Nobody thinks that guy, you know, that guy might have a, a few good months, but in the long run, no one wins every war, do they?
1: The um the the, the big lesson from uh, Machiavelli is, of course, apparently you would take it as a, essentially everybody's a bit of a cunt and if you are <laughs> um if you're going to to base your you know your strategies and stuff on that you are coming up against a bit of a weird thing in the sense of the the current labor leadership because if you consider them to be as unprincipled power hungry and venal as the tory party and some of the other people in parliament are um they're not going to act like that because they're not as uh, Jeremy uh, managed to say in, um, in Parliament yesterday, he was encouraging um, the Tories to essentially do the right thing. And uh, he was saying, look, sticking to your principles doesn't always turn out bad.
0: No, that's, that's true. I mean, yeah, he played a long game. He stuck to his principles and he's got to had you know, the opportunity to lose a general election. And he, uh, you know, he may now not lose one or at least be the person who loses least. Because uh, I think that might be the outcome we're, uh, we're most likely to see. In fact, Jer- Jeremy is going to be the guy who has to work out the replacement for a fixed-term Parliament Act as he tries to do a deal with the Liberal Democrats. Let's be honest, it's going to be John McDonnell working it out. Um, so yeah,
1: okay, who, yeah. who, lo- who lost least out of us two today, Ad?
0: Well, do you know, I think both of us have avoided uh, our particular areas, but I, th- I think Labour have had quite a good week. But mostly that's because they've behaved a bit century. They've behaved with honour. I think so far
1: as the the time ticks to a to a pre-vote on a Wednesday, um,
0: we're all feeling quite optimistic, aren't we?
1: It's
0: looking good, isn't it? I mean, the margin the margin of the vote last night was bigger than I expected. It feels a little bit like Parliament is vaguely reasserting itself. It might be too little, too late, but it's, it's good watching, isn't it? It
1: is, and as Theresa May famously said, we may end up with no Tories and no Brexit. I'll take that. Well, that wouldn't that, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, would it? No, it wouldn't. Um, well, let's see if we still feel the same this time next week. Um, thank you for listening to uh, That Option No Longer Exists. Don't forget you can follow us on the Twitters at That Option Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, just search That Option no longer exists or pop along to our website where all the old episodes are there that's option.co.uk
0: yeah no no and one of them seems to be extremely accident prone um and the thing that really worries me about handling out your emergency services to a bunch of dogs Uh, in in a town where all of the problems seem to be caused by uh, a less-than-competent mayor who we've never seen re-elected in several series, is, well, all of it.